You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Clonawilly.com. Clonawilly and Clonopussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. All materials are ethically sourced and 100% body safe. If you shop at Clonawilly.com right now and use the promo code DARKPOD at checkout, you can get 20% off site-wide. Wow! That's a deal that cannot be cloned. I talked to one of the representatives the other day, and they are more than willing to answer any questions you have about how to make your own clone willy or clone pussy, how to use the kit. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willy or cloning a pussy with you, and they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns. So if you want to pick up your own clone willy or clone a pussy kit right now, head over to clonawilly.com and use promo code DARKPOD, that's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout right now. And remember, this is a deal that cannot be cloned. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled, we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I'm your delectably delicious daddy, Andrew Gerza. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get this show started, shall we? First things first, I'm releasing this on Saturday. I... I... I'm recording this just before I release it too. I've been in and out of hospital dealing with gastrointestinal joy recently. IBS is no joke, friends, and gastro stuff is not fun. And I've been having fun and dealing with a bunch of medical ableism at the hospital. Yay! So I was discharged last night really late, and then I realized, oh fuck, I don't have an episode ready for today. So I'm scrambling to get that done. So to those of you who support the show on the Patreon and would like to get the show one day early before everybody else, I'm so sorry that today's episode wasn't made available to you. I was in the ER trying to get better. So my biggest apologies. And if you do want to support the show in any way, 
please go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and you can pledge as little as $1 a month or as much as $5 a month or more to support the show if that works for your budget. Or you could also send a yearly amount if that works for you. Any kind of monetary amount really helps me out, really helps me to make this show go. Also helps me as a disabled creator to to just have some dollars. So anything you can do to, to do that monetarily would be great. If you cannot support the show monetarily, I would love for you to please, please leave a review for me as to why you listen to the show, why the show is important, why you like the show, and maybe also give us some feedback on how we can make the show stronger for you. I would appreciate that as well. But let's get into today's show because it's a really, really exciting one. On the show today, I sit down with my new friend, Emily Cranking, who I heard about when I realized that she was in one of the coolest new movies recently to come out of anywhere called Best Summer Ever. And this is a movie that was produced with uh, a bunch of disabled actors and non-disabled actors to really kind of take the idea of like the high school romance film musical idea and mash it up together with disability. And they've done an incredible job and I love this film so much. I think it is one of my favorite new new films of 2021, and I will later do a uh, do a Great Flicks and Joysticks episode where I review the film, but it's an amazing achievement because it features a predominantly disabled cast, which we don't ever really get to see, and Emily Cranking plays the character of Nancy, and I talked to her about her experience being on the show, on the, uh, in the film, and her experience also doing disability activism, and we get to know a little bit about her as well. And I really, really loved sitting down with her. She's funny. She's really sweet. We had a really good conversation, and I'm excited for you to hear it. And also, please go and and watch Best Summer Ever and support disabled filmmakers and disabled actors and disabled creators doing stuff like this because we need more disabled people in film and movies about disabled people made by disabled people. So this film is one of those and it's it's just, I fell in love with it and I fell in love talking to Emily about being the character of Nancy in Best Summer Ever. So I'm going to stop rambling and get on to the interview, but here's my interview with Emily Cranking of Best Summer Ever right now on Disability After Dark. Emily Cranking, hello! Hi! How are you doing? I'm doing so good. It's so nice to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm really excited to be here. I listen to you at the work, so I'm really excited that you is out to me, because I, I love you so, so much. Oh, well, thank you. I love you so much. And I, <laughs> I am, I'm excited to have you here because I stumbled on you when I saw that you had tweeted that you were in the new, like, blockbuster disability i'm gonna i'm gonna say it. it's a blockbuster disability hit um yeah. best summer ever and i was just kind of just looking for people who were involved in that movie and i saw that you tweeted something and i was like i need to have her on the show so here we are and it's amazing and thank you so much for all the kind words and i'm so happy you're here um so just for anybody who doesn't know emily cranking can you Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Yeah, so I am an actress, cinema's advocate, 
Well, first of all, I'm an actress. I'm in Best Summer Ever. I'm also in a conservatory, like studying to be an actress because I love acting and that is my fire and passion in life. And I am also an advocate. Right now, I work for DC Developmental Disabilities Council with a partnership through a program called Lead for America. And before that, I worked at National Council. Oh, no, sorry, I also missed that. National Association of Councils on Developmental Disabilities as a community communications consultant and respectability as first the policy fellow and then the Hollywood fellow and and other respectability I want I hope to be to do screenwriting on the side so I was a part of the lab last year for Hollywood um that's what I mean Hollywood with my first time ever um, Wido Andrew Pelletican, and and I'm also acting white for fun too, and and I wrote some of my stories were on Yahoo, the Mighty, and MNSN. So my and right now for fun, I'm reading about it's a natural disability issues because also disabled people. Are, around the world are oh, um, very, very sub, like miserable in their countries yeah. and, and that, and that, I also wanted to like do obviously work for the world because you know, I can say disability, America is not perfect. But it is one of the best countries. Even though it's not perfect, it is one of the best countries because we have most of our, of our rights. So I am yeah. very like lucky and grateful I was born here because if I was not in America, I would probably be in an institution or I would be dead, period. So I wanted to spread those stories around as well. Yeah, and making sure that, you know, and that's such a that's such a noble thing because it's important that we, you know, I live in Canada, which is similar yeah. to the US and like disability rights, you know, disability like privilege. We I have a lot of privilege here. If I didn't live in Canada or the US, like you're right, where who where would we be? Who knows? So I think what you're trying to do and the stuff you wanna talk about is something we don't talk about enough and I Oh I, yeah. I commend you for that. That's great. You know, it's funny because disability is the biggest minority in the world. Yet we get jack shit in the media and mm -hmm. everything. And that's what we're gonna talk about later on with my movie. So so disability is so under talked about and underappreciated. And to switch the topic, I'm actually French Canadian on my mom's side. I am my great grandfather 
was adopted from Can from Canada. He was from Quebec. Where were you from in Canada? I'm uh, I'm in Toronto, so not that far from Quebec. Only a province away, so not not that far at all, actually. <laughs> yeah, I went to Canada when I was like nine, and I think we saw some of my mom, or my friends, distant cousins. From what I can remember, I was like nine, so I forget everybody who I met. So, so it was kind of cool to reach my Canadian, like reach my roots from my from my great grandfather. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that in Canada, and I really want to go back there someday. Well, definitely come visit, come visit me in Toronto. Yes, I hope to. Do that. Yes, yes. When it's summertime, come in the summer, and I'll show you how nice Toronto is. It's a, it's a nice little city. We we did. I remember. I think it was Montreal. There was some. There was a nice little village, and we went bobsledding, like like racing on these cars. We went on the skated. And then we like drive to this cause. Oh, so you probably went to Mon Montremont, the the big. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a big. I don't ski because super disabled and can't do it. Why? But, but, like I, I know the friends who who do ski. That that's like the bit. That's like a big French Canadian thing to do. Is like to go there and ski. Um, what? What? It, yeah, I remember. What? What? Two things. I mean, I remember going on that. I remember my grandfather having his own car when it was like really funny to see him like drive like this. And as they do on the ski that it was me, my dad, and my mom. The ski in front of us, my two twin brothers and my twin sister was in front of me. The ski did not go up. So they were like getting in the back. And my mom was like, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. And we were like, no, like, do not lean forward. Do not lean forward. <laughs> oh, no. Um, now, I was going to ask this later, but you kind of brought it up, and so I want to ask you now. You, uh, you said you, uh, it's, and it sounds like you have a really big family, a really big, big family. Tell me, tell me all about your, just tell me a little bit about, like, Emily growing up with dis disabilities. Um and and your your family life well part one um oh. i'm a i'm a quadruplet does follow me wow so so my mom and my dad wanted to have one more kid one more kid nope they got four more and and I was quiz with my two brothers and my sister. And so they were getting the ordinary tuition. Nope, I was tiny. I was like, Mommy, I got no food. Give me food. And my mom, and they had to like put my mom in the hospital early on. Like, we would do it in March, but my mom came in December because. God knows how you would do with, with 
strawberries at once. I mean, I couldn't do it, so. Yeah. Your mom's a trooper, like, wow. God, God bless her. So, so when they made January, they're like, oh yeah, um, this one, we don't know if it was a boy or a girl. It's so tiny, you can attack. Yeah, they're gonna die if you don't come out. Let it come out. So because of that, and you're and you're gonna die because of your kidney. You have to be. You have to like give birth right now to all four of you. Yeah. So we, yeah, because pretty much because of my mom and me. My mom wanted to like hold on to the Super Bowl, I think it was. We were a big football family. So they're like, okay, we have one more week or two more weeks. No. 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 So, so what's really funny is as they got ready, there was like maybe A, maybe B, C, D. Lo and behold, there was like baby E, and they were like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's E? Oh! Nothing, but like they could be a more tiny baby next to you. I'm a tiny baby. They're like, no, they got for them. They're only four, but it was just, it would have been like really funny to be like, oh, there's one more. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so we were born like minute by minute. It was like, psh, psh, psh. really quick, hey? Yeah, and my. My sister, my brothers, um, got home like like two weeks, three weeks later. I think it was very early March. But me, I was like the very last one, cause I was the tiniest. I was not the hottiest. I um was home by early April. So I was the very last one, and actually, um, my si- my siblings had their own heart issues. Like my brother Tim couldn't breathe right. My brother Stephen, um, as I'm naming this lunch too. Um, my sister Kara, I forget what, but she had like had to be in. So they had a thing to breathe with as well. And there is me. Yeah, you know you should have never not. I don't know. I don't know. But they were like better in like no time except me. I was home four months later and and there was the baby hurt of of us. My all of my siblings are one hundred percent okay. My brother Tim, actually, he almost died of a stop infection at our 10th birthday. He barely survived, which was Oh no! Well, I'm happy that he's not alive. I'm happy for you that he's okay. It's a batshit crazy story. Um, It's a little miracle, like an actual miracle. He survived that, but... But my siblings are not disabled, but I am the only one who's disabled on this. While they were like 5, 11, 6 foot, I am like 5 foot, tiny, tiny, tiny. So they're all, well, I mean, that's kind of cool because they can help, like they can lift you, but they can help, they can like, 
carry you and do stuff if they have to. What was your, what is like, because I know I'm the only physically disabled person in my family too. So I know like what it's like to be the only physically disabled person in your family. What is that like for you? I didn't, well, when I was a kid, I needed like a lot of physical therapy and speech therapy. Um, I got my first physical therapist, speech therapist when I was one. So she came over and my brother, my sis, my brothers and sister, they were with me too because school with their babies, they would have fun too. Yeah. So I did lots of like OT, like bubbles and walking on stairs, riding a bike, I did that. And actually, for a while, my siblings, we were from, we were, we were from a Catholic family, I'm still very, I'm still, I'm a liberal Catholic, so I'm Catholic, but I'm, I'm mostly liberal. So, so my siblings are in a Catholic school, and we were, I went to public school, so, and I'm program for disabled students, so like in the morning I had regular kindergarten first grade classes, then I had like special, like disabled class for like thinking, physical therapy, I can remember. I didn't get in there to like, sucking to like, I, I, I wanted to go to school with them, and my parents were like, yeah, there's gonna suck. These were like more like autism or like wheelchair on um kid uh, people with the kids with wheelchairs. So they took me to like what kind of school and I wanted to go anyway. But still, while my siblings, you know, had regular lives, I went to physical therapy, therapy every day at the school or doing lunch. So I knew I was different from my four siblings. Yeah. And I don't think they really understood. They knew I had got special attention. So I, so, you know, we were kids. So kids fight a lot. They bore each other a lot. But I got like, like, so I got like big on. I mean, not to like shit talk them <laughs> because you know we are all close today. We are much closer, so like best of friends. Course. Now. But it's like they, way they loved me, but they didn't like me because I got special attention. But once they got once they got older, what and now so what they're like, okay, we gotta say why. You like you get like a different mom and dad and sus. So that's really how my life was different from my separate from my siblings. And honestly, even when I was in um in special school, my parents always took me out of school so I can be with them on a special event, like for example, my my Catholic school had a, had a Christmas pageant, so even though I did not know the music, they were like, they put me up in the stage on the church and they the same with them, so they were like, Silent Night, I would be like, oh, no, no. what am I singing? 
And then, and then, then like during the Thanksgiving parade, they were like put me, they were like put me in it, and I'm like, I don't know who you is, oh, but hello. So I would like hitting out and stuff. And actually, um, while our big sister went to her own high school, we went to my dad's Catholic high school. St. John's in D.C. in Austin because we all quad and my dad was so close. He had a way to be close to everyone. We got in literally as newborns. Like literally, literally. We were like on a magazine cover and everything like St. John's 2012. Like everything. So it was like official <laughs> so it was more funny one more thing is that there was another quadruplet in our class and there were two wow. but because you know my dad went to our high school and the president of the student body in the i think or not he was the editor of the news newspaper he Gave, we got special attention from everybody as good. Or they're like, oh my god, to the Wiccans! Oh, hi, Adigos! Oh my god, the Wiccans! So it was like kind of funny that, that we were like so popular just because I would dive into the high school. So that's really ironic. I mean, that's cool though. I mean, I mean, and it's also cool that there was like, a whole other set of quadruplets in your class. Cool yeah, and, and and one of them also has learning disability. So I was in there. Oh, the St. John's wonderful, wonderful um, dis- learning disabilities program. They gave me an inclusive math class and everything because I cannot do math. They knew it, they gave me my own private math class when I was a freshman, which was amazing. So I did a bit of an program along with the quadruplets. So I knew one of them before our school year began because we had the orientation for the program and everything. That's awesome. And don't worry, I couldn't, I still can't do math. So <laughs> don't feel too bad about it. I still can't do it. My dad got was his dad. He he was brilliant with math. He did math with me every single day. And 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 my my dad and my brother Tim, who actually had a but did majored in math in in college. I do not know how they did it and do it. Like no, I couldn't do it. I'm an artsy. Like I'm, I'm the creative too. one that wants to write down all my feelings. But don't ask me to do numbers because I can't. I can't exactly. I mean, maybe it's the CP. I don't know. I don't know. Um, speaking of CP, we kind of jumped around here, but I want to get to this question. So I, so as far as I know, as far as I can guess, and I could be wrong. You have CP, right? Yep, I do. I have cerebral palsy on my right side. After I have a speech disability, I have a limp. I have foot braces. I have a tiny right hand, which I call it the lucky fin, like Nemo. 
I want to be a Disney character, damn it! So consider Come on, Pixar! This. Come on, Pixar! Make Come this. on! Come on! Yeah, Pixar! Do it! I know, they actually have a Finding Nemo music go to uh, Disney World, so I hope to audition for that. Well, like, it's funny, we, oh. I just watched Luca the other day, I watched that I, I, I liked it, and they had a disabled character! I love it! Hey, this is so, so, come on, Pixar, you've done Luca, you, you can totally have, you should animate Emily. Please, it's literally my life going to be a Disney princess or a Disney character, my life. Oh my god, you as a Disney, you as a Disney princess would be fantastic. Oh my god. Much. Oh my goodness, yes. Wow, it's literally Can my dream. This? Like uh, Benjamin Bratt, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Do you guys know people that just leave you could <laughs> You're in the movie. I watch the movie. Can you not <laughs> come on? Come on. Um but I I mean, so so tell me before we get into the movie, because I want to talk about all that with you, but tell me a little bit more about your CP and how your CP plays a role in your day to day. Well, firstly, let me open my door because it's really hot in here. No oh, worries, take your time. It was cold and now it's hot. So my separate party is, it's quite a story. I got diagnosed after six months. They, uh, the doctor said, oh yeah, she never will or never talk. And guy went, ha ha. Shut up, because within like a year, I said my first word, with, and then I worked after two years. Wow. So I worked, so it took me, it took me a while to work, but mm -hmm. I like talked like, um, about the same time as everyone else. My first word, I think, was, ma was mama or dada. But in the home videos, I always said hi, so that could be one of my first words too. But but yeah, I talked in I talked after a year. I worked when I was two or three, and my whole life I've done physical therapy, and speech yeah. therapy, and you know my like I said, my cerebral palsy affects my white side i just got botox last week really fun wow shit. how is that for you did you love it it is really great you guys but honestly it, it was one of the least awful times which was really nice because the last time was really bad i had a botox in my right thumb it was the top three painful things in my life so i'm really glad i didn't get botox in my hand anymore thank god yeah yeah i got i get botox on my right thigh my my leg and my foot and and i have had two surgeries on my foot one when i was seven one when i was 11 in Australia. My cerebral palsy, you know, it was my um, left side. So I always lean on my left. And when I was in high school, you know, I was like a hunt. I was like another Disney character. I was Quasimodo. <laughs> yeah, I so always, was I. 
for the longest time. I always lean to the left, and I was supposed to get that surgery during high school, but I didn't want to like have have a major surgery during during high school, which is a critical time. I didn't want to get hit back, so we did it after after high school. I had my spinal fusion. It was life changing. But they gave me a brand new hair bone, which they never told us about. So uh, my uh, hip, my yeah, so my uh, hip, my back did not give me pain at all. I was just fine with my back, but my hip kept me up overnight for two months. It of was. Course. I had that surgery, but I knew it was how. I find it funny they didn't tell you that they were going to be there. They didn't tell us. They were like, I would go and they were like, oh, by the way, we gave you a new hip on. And we were like, uh, thank you. Thank but like, you. we didn't consent to that. Like, why didn't you tell us? Uh, that we did not consent to that. They never, they never told us. We were like, uh, okay. And then actually, just this year, I, after they had surgery in January for my right hand to like to like make my thumb straighter, my hand straighter, get rid of the curve. And as as you can tell, it did nothing for me. Oh so, all that surgery for nothing. All that like all that like stress of surgery for nothing. <laughs> yeah, so that was a waste of time. But I got more moving with my hand. But I mean, your lucky fin is, I mean, that's, that's great if you ever going to be a Disney, a disabled Disney princess. Fantastic. Amazing. Amazing. I know. So yeah, I have my three, I have my first surgery, my two, my first, my back and my hand. How did you do with your spinal fusion? I, my spinal fusion was a journey. It was about... Ooh, it was a boy. Oh, it was like it was literally 21 years ago. Wow, I feel old. I was 16 when I got it. So unlike you, I was I got it right smack dab in the middle of high school. Oh god! Um, but they had told me because I was quasi motoring, like you said, and they had told me that if I didn't get it eventually, I would stop breathing. And I was like, well, that's scary. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm doing it. And so we figured that like we wanted me to go to college. We wanted me to do all this stuff. And my mom was like, if you get it done now, when you, you know, hit 2021 and you, you're off to college, you won't have to worry about this. Why don't we just get it done now? So I reluctantly was like, sure, I'll do it. Um, and I remember going in and being so scared because I, you know, the, right. the surgery is really scary, but the surgery itself was fine. And then I went home after the surgery and I was home for about two weeks and I had a big hematoma on the back of my, on the back where the thing was, like a big pus fill. It was really gross. Oh. One morning, I'm going to say pus, a big pus fill like thing on my back. And then one morning it, it popped and they had to send me back to the hospital and like get it cleaned out. And the oh. doctor was like, the doctor was like, oh, you're, you're only like one of 0.0.01%. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, of course I would be. So, so it was 
you know, I didn't have any pain from it other than like the usual pain. And then two years after that, I had um, the hip, a hip reconstruction surgery, which wasn't super great because it hasn't, it didn't, it lasted for a while, but as I'm getting older, I'm noticing my hips are still sore. So what else did I have? And when I was a kid, I had tendon lengthening and I had something else. But yes, I've had four major ones and uh, little ones when I was a baby. But I mean, I'm really glad I got the surgery. I'm glad that I did it when I did it. I'm glad that I got to have my college years where I didn't have to think about it. But like, it wasn't, it's not a fun surgery at all. Yeah, I I actually did the did the thumb surgery and surgery to remove the spaces of my thumb. And as you were answering it, my thumb spaced out. So I was like, bitch, are you fucking come on, Are you fucking kidding me? Like, come on, come are on. Are you kidding me? When did you have when did you have that surgery? When did you literally January seventh, the day before the siege on the Capitol? Wow. So you so, were only, so only like six months ago. Six months ago, yeah. So, you know, I'm like all nervous about my hand surgery, but here we are, what? Like, and after I arrive at my home, this crazy ass siege. So I was like watching it, it was to be like, I did not fall for him, and this is why I did not fall for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it, that was a crazy day. I remember being in Canada being like, what the fuck is happening? What is this? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, like, like, I was like, I was on the beach this morning to see how busted Chrissy was. And I'm like, you guys, this is scary. Trump is scary. And everybody's like, Emily, you're so upset. Calm down. No, I'm bringing it out. Then, like, a few hours later, Steven is like, Emily, why are you not commenting on what's going on on the screen right now? And I'm like, what? I turned on the TV and, yep, here it was. Everybody was gonna die because of a dictator we had. Woo! Say it again. He wasn't a president. He was a what? Dictator. There you go. There he was. Away. He was. No, he really was. He really, really was. Um, but, so, wow, there's so many disability stories. And thank you for so much for sharing about the surgeries and all the things you... But tell me a little bit more before I get into the movie and then I'll get into the movie because yeah. I want to go there. Before I do that, though, tell me a little bit more just about how, like, other than, you know, the speech therapy and the spasms and the thumb and the fin and all that stuff, how does your disability, like, just how does it affect you on the, on the daily? Any other things you want to share one we just moved into the new house let's talk about if someone needs something please to god make expectations expectations and get them it so i told um the people i need a white uh i need a left um I left like oh god I forget what it's called I need I need to like hold on to something walking down the stairs like the uh, a cane no like 
Walking down the stairs, I need like to hang on like the, the banister. Well, well, yes, banister, yes. Yeah, yeah. I need a white wedding to on the left side of the stairs, so I can like hang on to myself. So I can don't lose my balance. Yeah. No, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. What? Yeah, there was some special rule. Oh yeah, you have to wait to like three months or whatever to do it, and I'm like. Boss, I told you I needed that for my daily lives. Yeah. No, like, like if this every person needs a like accommodation, you need to give it to them because we need to live our lives. Yes, yes. Speaking of living your life, you're living your best life right now because you were just in, like I said at the beginning, at the top, you're just in the the. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it. it's it's, uh, it's like the summer disability blockbuster. Um, you're in a new movie called Best Summer Ever, mm -hmm. and I am so excited about this. This is a movie all about amazing disability representation and like just fantastic, like a really fun, cute story. Like a really like what I love about this film is, and I want I want you to tell us all about it, and I'll stop gushing. But I love it because it's like this movie took the idea of like you know the star-crossed lovers and high school drama and all the stuff that we see in in hollywood but we never see disabled people there you guys did it you put it in yes it's amazing so tell me all about best summer ever so first best summer ever is made by sino martin form it is a year-long camp for people with disabilities slash a film studio. So at first, they made some move short films like just for fun. Yeah. And then a few years back, they made the first actual short film called Bulletproof. And with that, they made a documentary called Becoming Bulletproof of how this tiny little disabled movie camp wants, wants to actually do something in the Hollywood and make representation normal for disabled movies. And it was not animated at the satellite for best, um, Best documentary. It didn't win, but what to be like not even for a big award like That's that. Such a great honor. Like wow. Wow, yeah, yeah. And so at the at the camps, so they wanted to do like those those the big enjoys the world. But on the campsite, every year at the end of the summer camp, which they're having right now. They do a play. Well, they're not this year because of the obvious reasons. But every year, they 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 would do a original play. And I was actually in one with Amy Brenneman. Wow. Because her daughter Charlotte has autism. So she's a camper, and Amy is the nicest person ever. And I may go see her next year. She's in a play with Brian Quentin, so I want to like, 
I've been meaning to go out there to the California to see my other friends. I may go yeah. there to see her while I'm there. That's so, really cool. Hey, say hey. Amy, so, you're awesome, and I love what's up. I love you, Amy. I love you. Oh, amazing. So, so one of the plays happened to be a movie they were workshopping, which was Best Summer Ever. So the so the play was so they workshop the movie through a play in their camp. Then a few months later, then they got in screenwriter Andrew Pickington, and he and he and and um a few scene from Fox made it to a move an actual movie. So they um did development like early in 2017. Then they filmed it a year later in hopes to have it be the first actual film. So they spent that to a um 90 minute movie, but of course it's an hour and 15 minutes long in reality. So and so that's the first part of it is Sino. You know, they wanted so they wanted to make it a first movie for it to be a movie and you know musicals are back with La La Land and the High Hamilton. Yeah. You go, hey, let's do a musical and everybody loves Footloose and Grease. So let's give the audience something familiar. Yeah. A brand new. And made that to best summer ever. And then how I got involved is um I found an open card in mid twenty seventeen on Facebook and it was like, Oh yeah, this company wants disabled people like for movie musical, like it's a summer camp, blah blah blah, and for month and so on. And I'm like, who are these people? And when you mean summer camp, film camp, do you mean oh, it's a kid in a movie you make for grandma, or if it's an or is it an actual movie tune? Because yeah. God knows, I was brand new to um the movies people. So I was obsceno and the, and everything knew, knew that they were like legit and I auditioned and I guess they really liked me because they literally wrote Nancy as an Oswald last second character just for me. Wow, so, I, well, I loved your character when I watched it because I knew I was going to talk to you today so I was like, and you were like, Andrew, you better watch the movies. <laughs> so I watched it. But then as I was watching it, I was like, I want more of her character. Like, can she, can, can Nancy have a spinoff in the movie? I know! Spin, I, that's why I joke around with them. I'm like, Nancy, like, Nancy, Nancy too, Nancy too. I, mean, I will, I'll, hey, listen, if we can get a Kickstarter for Best Summer Ever <laughs> too, and it'll be your story. Like, <laughs> I want that to be. I want that because I thought I found your character to be like your character was like the cheerleading friend 
And so I thought that like there was so much comedy in what you were trying to do, but we didn't see a lot of you. And I thought like, I just want more of her. I want like I, yeah, like five minutes more of Nancy. Just put Nancy I, in board. No, I know. I I don't know a scenario where Nancy I like to think she has two K dots. So I I wish I I wish I had the so her two K her two gay dads and and Sage's two lesbian moms. I like know best of friends. And Fair then of yeah. So I wish I had the courage to tell them this. And actually, again, that's why you don't see like that of me in the movie because I was the last second character, and by the time I came on. Like, all the songs were already written, so that's why I did not have a solo, which is very saddening, but I, I mean, completely... I feel like you needed one, so I'm gonna, know, I'm gonna put but... it out there in the world, people that made the film. It's great, I love it, but give Nancy more to do. I, I think... Really more to do. I like to think, like, there's a... I like to think there could be a Christmas special, like, best Christmas ever, <laughs> and I can do it I will watch... I would watch a Christmas special, a Christmas special called Best Best Christmas Ever. Yeah, I would. And then you could sing Christmas. <laughs> I know. And see the two gay dads. Please to God. I like to think, and I I like to think that she wants to be a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, I I sneezed at that too. You're good. So I would think like. The video scene was Nancy out there. Spoiler alert! Other breath broke her hand. So I like to think that like, Sage is resting her. And there's like we feel the breath, and Nancy would like try her best friend. And then she became a bitch. So I bring back story for Beth and Nancy. But I was really scared to like press it out to them because I didn't want to think I'm like self obsessed of a diva, but I really do wish. I mean, I understand why. I was last second. Of course. I hope I, hope I don't get in trouble with them. I really hope I don't, but I really wish there was like a bit more of me, but I, can, but I am grateful to be in the movie either of way. Of course, of course you are. Very happy. But I like your. And I guess because I knew I was going to talk to you today, like your scenes, I like the scene where, um, you know, she breaks her hand because um, you, I just, there was comedy there. There was a lot of like the way you were doing it was like, you could tell that you were the, 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 the friend and you were, you were kind of there to make people giggle a little bit. And so like, I liked that part of, of your character. True story. That took me 22 time takes for me to do it right. Because I have OCD, so I'm very protective of my stuff. So originally in the script, actually, I was supposed to be in the ladder. And I was supposed to like fall off from it. But I was like, uh, I cannot do that. So they rewarded to what we have. And Frankie... Our choreographer, they gave, gave us a fantastic scene where I broke my hand in the door because I was so like 
OCD ever put away every time. God bless Michael, Randa, and Lauren. Took me 22 times, so I finally got it out of 34 takes. I got it only two times. That, I mean, I am certainly not an actor, so I don't know how long how many takes it would take me to do that. It would, <laughs> I would not, you, so look, take as many time, takes as you need, because I don't know if I'd be good at it either. But I thought that scene was pretty, really funny. Good. I, I thought it was, like, just really playful. And again, I loved how the movie was every single high school trope that you never see a disabled person in. Like, I, exactly. As we were watching it, my friend and I, we watched it yesterday, and my friend and I were like, there's so many people in wheelchairs here right now. This is amazing. Like, this, it was so, and they were all front and center. They were like, some of them were background actors. Some of them were like behind, you know, you don't see them everywhere, but they're there. And I think that's important. Mm, it's, yeah, we have like so, so many disabled people in the, in the fog one with Shannon and me and Arlene, who's the mom and AJ. But we also have a lot in the background, like, yeah. like Ready to Ride was literally the whole town of um, Western. But along with that, there were like lots of disabled people also. So we, we were like everywhere. And during the summer camp, um, definitely number, best summer ever, usually disabled people like everywhere you turn, which is nothing. I ever seen in a movie in a movie. Yeah, no, I've never, and I mean that was something that I like from the very first scene to all the way through the end. I was like, this is the most representation that like it's so important because like it shows also because people think you know I mean I can't remember the actress's name, but the actress who played Sage. Shannon DeVito, she is fantastic. So fantastic. I love her, she's great. Uh, and you know, it's, she, people think that we can't sing, that we don't have talent, and she, she knocked that out of the park. Her voice is incredible, oh my god. I Like, like Who Leave Behind is my favorite, one of my favorite songs from the movie, and like, and that was the biggest praise. That's one of the biggest praise because of her feelings. And somebody actually compared it to Let It Go, which was wow. incredible. I'm like, yes, Moo Moo, yes. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, and I like, I want. Did you have any interaction with Benjamin Bratt and Maggie Gyllenhaal when you were? Okay, what's been what? I missed him by one day. No! I know, oh. I know! But Mikey Gyllenhaal, I babysat her kids doing her scene. What amazing, amazing. She, yeah, the, she and Peter are so nice. They're really down to earth. And their kids, their daughters were so cute. Oh my god. So I got to like watch over there, which was like really cool. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, that's, that's really awesome. What's the British? And what's the kids? Who what ever, is going who, on? Whoever thought that you were going to be babysitting Gyllenhaal's <laughs> kids? That's oh, no. So awesome. And I mean, what I, and what, but what I love about the able bodied actors in the, in the movie is that, and it's the, you know, the bigger names in there, they were only in there for like a snippet of a second. And I, love that because it was like they're 
the you know production team was kind of proving that like this movie is not about Maggie Gyllenhaal being a star or Benjamin being a star. They're like, you need. You, can we ask you to take a, a a smaller role to give these people a chance to shine? And I love that. And and we actually had also had more celebrities coming. Like we almost had Ted Danson and Mary Strandberg. But Ted was busy doing, was busy with the good place, so we couldn't get him because of his schedule. And then we almost had Kevin Klein and Phoebe Bridges. Wow! We almost had like a couple of other people, so we were like, but but they were so gracious enough to be the producers. So that's amazing. That's really that's really yeah. Cool. I like I like I was saying I loved. I loved seeing them only for a second and then they, you know, that's it. They played the, the dad or the news reporter and that's it. Yeah. And I was like, it's really cool that they, you know, they didn't do that Hollywood thing where it's like, I want to be in these many scenes. And I want to no. like, and they were like, no, we want to give this, we want to be there to obviously get some, some name cachet in the film, but also, exactly. uh, but cause we all know how Hollywood works. You need money to make things go. So I know. Like, yeah. yeah. So like I like that, but I also was like, it's really cool that this whole movie is like pretty much a disability film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we don't get enough of them today. And even if we do, nobody watches it. Like it's so frustrating to see something like music and animated for Golden Globes. What as well as with the movies get yeah. shed. Or like you know, my octopus teacher being given ah! the being given the, uh, but like not Crip Camp. What the hell? Wow, I cannot summarize how fucking pissed I am about that. I cannot believe that. What a! I made a video about it on Instagram. I don't I don't off right away because oh my god I cannot believe that's the biggest I mean no offense to the casting to the crew of that movie congratulations them not. but I cannot believe an octopus and it's getting rewarded over our story yeah African and all the African Americans and and what other people, their humanity is not getting seen as didn't get seen as wild. Yeah. But you know, this was our of our first mainstream movies of like we ever got, and so we were like hoping, okay, we have a we have the President Obama being producers. We have Netflix. We have this and that, but. Yeah. Nope, and I did both rents. I was right pissed. I was not happy about it at all. Um, what was your favorite part about being on the set of Best Summer Over? Like, as as you know, a, a an actress there. What did you like the most about doing that movie? Oh my god. Um, I think be, I really did get get a sense of belonging because you know there were other disabled actors on set and. For the first time ever, I 
I was really like an actual human being, an actual actor. Oh, and wow. Months, months, be couple of, like, three months in the morning of my, before the, before the movie, in the morning of my callback, I quit a play that really dehumanized me as a disabled person and an actress. I read really hard on this play that the director was ableist and called me a disaster that night. Oh no, I'm so sorry. Yeah. So I the morning of the callback, I quit. So I really needed that, um, that, um, custom cool because, because yeah, it really teaches you that you're not alone. You know, disabled people, disabled people assist, filmmakers and directors and writers and sound effects people, we assist. And, and this is a fact, it was my first, like, like, project on camera ever. It was just so magical and everything was so cool to me. It, it was like, seeing you there was so, like, like I said, the whole movie, I, I'm not gonna lie, I cried, like, within the first five minutes, because I was like, oh my god, it's my people, like, oh my god. And exactly. I've, and I've interviewed AJ on the show before. I love him. So, like, to see him there was amazing. I know. To, to, and I want to interview more of the actors on the show. If, like, tell them how great this was. I'd love to chat with them because it was so, it was, I just, I think, seeing that level of, the level of, like, commitment to accessibility. Like, like some of those dance scenes I saw the attendant care workers with them. I was like, this is great. Like, this is awesome. This is what it should be. I know, right? And I was there when we filmed Ready to Ride. And it was one of the coolest nights. Because it was like, there's one here. Stop, stop. So stop and so there's all these disabled people running behind yeah. cars. And we had... I went with in water skates getting Andrew of like sad and it's like what is happening? Ah! It was so great. It was such a like I can't speak any more highly of it because you know it's something we've never seen before and I'm just I'm I'm excited for people to see it and I'm excited for you to get more and bigger roles because of it. And yes, like, please. And I'm so sorry, the director that plays that you were in, like, what a fucking asshole. Oh my god. So, so the, so the, actor, the two actors before me quit. God, I wonder why. Took yeah. one look at me. You know, I took the part out of desperation because, hey, I, I get drug shit in theater. I was a disabled actor, so fuck it. So, yeah. So this guy looks one look at me and says, you're disabled, you're fruit braces, you have to do. And I was like, this is going to be fun. I mean, yeah, yeah, like, don't be ableist, people, is what it is. It's not that hard to, be, to not be able to. I mean, it really isn't. Possible. And to be, to, I mean, I, 
you know, I think ableism happens for all of us. I can be ableist too. And like, yeah, like, me too. I definitely have been. But like, to to do something so directly as like, sorry, Emily, you can't do this. You're a disaster. Like, what? Wow. You are a disaster. I'm like. That's what he said. Like that. Yeah. So I was like. Fuck you. I hate you. I hate you. I. <laughs> I was like crying on the way, on the way, like on the way home. I was like, "Yeah, I'm quitting this. I'm, like, this is not worth it." <laughs> no, don't quit this. You're amazing, and Nancy's great, and and do more roles. Like, I do. You, okay, so my next question is, if you could pick any role from movie, TV, theater that didn't have a disabled person in it, and step in and be that person, which role would you pick, and why? Well. Two two answers. Number one, I'm Rick. Wicked is gonna be a movie. It's supposed to be a movie. See, they see this every year. <laughs> so I'm hoping to get an audition for Nessa Wars, which is have Have you seen Wicked? No, no. I've heard, I've I know the soundtrack, and I but I've not seen it. Yeah, Ababa has a sister in a wheelchair that walks in Act 2. Um, okay. it's like, and I don't really mind it, but people have a few problems with her storyline. It is ableist because ableist tells her, but I think with the disabled actress, there could be another layer. Of course. So I do hope. To be the, I hope to be her on Broadway soon as the first disabled nurse was, but I hope to get an audition for her in the movie. I'm rooting. For, I don't care if it's me. I, I don't care if it's me or Shannon or Shannon or Ali Struggle. I just want this disabled person to be in that role in the movie. Amazing. Period. And another character is, I. I would love to be Anna or Olaf in Frozen. Frozen is one of my favorite Disney movies, and I was hoping to be Anna or Olaf for the Broadway show, but it closed because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking if Frozen was to fall off today, I think I would could audition and I would. Probably get one of them because I'm so much like Anna and Olaf. I love them so. I could much. see you as Anna. I could see you as Anna and Frozen. Yes, I could. Yeah, the oh, I love it. I got Queen Anna on my on my desk. Listen, Kristen Bell. I love her. If you want to do something really cool, you could say you could like Kristen if you're listening, which I know you're not. But if you are. Listen, could you just step out of Anna for Frozen 3? <laughs> just, let, just let Emily do it, please. So apparently, apparently there will be a Frozen 3, so I hope they hear this and Listen, probably rewrite a disabled character. Well, you know, not, not, that I wanna, not that I want to make it, not that I want to toot my own horn, but since you know Amy Branham a little bit, you could give this episode to Amy and be like, if you could just toss this off to Hollywood, maybe they could, you know, <laughs> connections, man. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I'm doing, I want to do animation in general. 
and actually my coach was just in Luca. She was one of the old ladies, so she does have connections to Pixar and Disney. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, you you definitely have to be like, so I was thinking about But but you can't use people though. You, no, of course you not. Ha- of course not. I love people, so I want to be friends with them anyway. But no, I but no, do not use people for your own gain. I would never ever do that. No. I, I like that. I like that tenacity and that like drive to you're like fuck it, I'll do it myself. I don't wanna like Exactly. I like that. I like that. Um, and I, you know, in a lot of the work that I do, I feel the same way. Like I don't want to use somebody; I want to do it myself. So I hope for you. I'm gonna put it out there in the universe. I want you to play Anna in Frozen Three or Four, <laughs> and that's pretty cool. But anybody who's listening in LA or in like Hollywood Land, I know some, I know some Californians are listening. If you know anybody, just uh, pass along this episode and let's get Emily some. Pixar work. How cool would it be to have more disabled characters in Pixar? That'd be great. In, in Disney animation, I also love to sing. I'm a soprano. My high note is an A5. I'm very high. I can sing. Please. I, I don't know what those notes are because I can't <laughs> sing. But uh, the, the my claim to singing fame is I sing happy birthday like Marilyn Monroe every 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 time my family has a birthday I'll like do a breathy rendition of like happy birthday to but I I have that's, yes. that's that's like my only singing credit is that so that's really cool it's awesome um oh here's a question that I didn't write down that I oh, yeah how did you so because of your speech thing how did with your speech and the disability, the speech disability, how does it that affect singing or does it affect singing? Oh, honey. Well, <laughs> I don't sing. I don't have the most perfect voice. Right. I um, I'm, I'm, I have a great singing teacher named Diane. Hi, Diane. Hi, Diane. And she says, uh, and I'm and I'm taking the classes to learn, and she told me I'm getting better at reaching the notes. You know, I have ADHD. So I think because I try so hard, I force myself to be good, to be um good. I'm really am, and says, and you know, my voice is not just a distant note. I sound like this. Do you see how I'm different from everyone else? I seem like this. So I so nobody matches a girl like me seem like this because no one please don't disable people. Please don't disable people, please. I want to be a princess. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. A5. <laughs> I, I certainly can't do A5. I hey. That's awesome. I, I, wow. Way more talented than me than I am in that, in that respect. Uh, Emily, this, I just, I could sit and talk to you about everything all day. It's just so fun to sit down with you and chat. I know. Um, let me, let's see if there's any other parts of that. I, oh yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your advocacy work. A little yes. Bit. So I'd love to know from you, cause you also said, not only are you an actress, you're mm-hmm. also an advocate. What does disability advocacy look like for you? And what does it mean for you? Well, first of all, 
I am planning. I am planning on starting a master's in disability studies next year, wow. so I can learn about law and heart and education and society. Of course, I'm I'm taking like media and digital electives on the side because okay. I mean I'm an actress, but I want to know all of the problems and what I can do to help everybody in the world. And and um, what if and you know, Twitter is a really big source of disability advocacy because. You know, Twitter is the biggest minority parties in the world. So, so stories of these issues come up very often, like stop the shock because it's legal to shock people with autism, which is completely horrible because you're hurting them. They can't control the way they are. That's how the mind works. Yeah. And then there are other stories like people losing their wheelchairs in airplanes, which is why I'm worried about flying with my own wheelchair, because I can't do it on distances, so I need the wheelchairs. And then, like, SSDI insurance, and something like that. So you retweet stories, and you like stories, you read more about them. And I also just read about a suicide of a disabled activist because of her pain. Was in I forget her name, but may she was in peace and power. But what we need to like fix the issues on chronic pain. Like there's so much, there's so many things in the world you have to fix. So right now with my fellowship in in DC. I'm looking at the DC community, and right now, I'm helping with the strategic plan for the next five years. So we're focusing on police reform, education, housing, um, employment, quality, insurance. I'm like reaching out to people on what I need to do to help them. I'm making flyers, I'm doing emails about what we were doing for the community and it's just I'm doing what I doing what I love, which is I like like we said, I'm a we are creative people, we are creative. So Photoshop and everything is my forte and in fact my my BA was in communications and my AA was in graphic design. So I put these two together to do something that I love. But but along with the social media and graphics and outreach, I have done some policy with respectability and the National Association of Concerts on Development and Disabilities and the CDD. So I read about policies, I read I wrote statements on why we accept or oppress I did research on employment, the reports on them. So I do report on everything. So 
But anyway, now, like I said, for fun, I mean, we'll pause about worldwide issues with a disability. Yeah. Like, like, Syria, well, there's, like, often children in <sighs> institutions that, that are in cages or they're in their duty. And I read, like, in Africa, they can't, there's eight children and... You know, it's heartbreaking. So that's why I only go to disability studies. So disability advocacy to me is really deep in reading down the roots of disabled people and what the problems are and what to do to fix it. And Julie Human, who I got to work with through DC, she is incredible. Oh, that's so awesome. I had her, I had her on the show about uh, about half a year ago. And yeah, I, um, I saw that. Oh, my God. She's the it, sweetest woman. Like She was so kind. Oh, my goodness. Like, like, like we talked about theater together, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is happening? Like, I don't know that the fifth hour I'm meeting our private meeting just to have that like footage with me because it was just amazing to like have the memory with one of those heroes yeah she is really she truly is a hero and i i when i had her on the show i just sent her a tweet just like i did to you and i said do you want to want you come on the show and i didn't think i thought she won't get back to me because within two hours she was like sure let's set it up and I was so nervous because it's, you know, Judy oh, Human. No. And so she said, I can only give you 45 minutes. Is that long enough? And I said, of course. And if you listen back to that interview, it's me sitting there going, uh-huh. J- um, whatever you want to say, I'll just be quiet. I won't say a word. You just keep talking. <laughs> I know. Right. I know. And I said, your reaction reminds me of a story. Um, It's off topic. but well, that's okay. But I saw Hercules in New York City. It's, it's going to be a boring musical. So I saw the off-Broadway premiere. Lo and behold, is, there is, when I walked up the stairs, there's Alan Menken, who wrote the song to the movie in Hercules and Aladdin. And I'm like, oh my god. I was with my friend Alan and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, it's him, it's him. I'm like walking all cool. I'm like, hi, Alan. He's like, hi. I'm like, yeah. I, I literally could not talk for like two minutes. I was so shocked. <laughs> so my reaction, so I was like, so nervous. Like, so my reaction to me and Alan was my, was you want me, your reaction to me and Judy because, yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty much. I mean, I was. If, again, if you listen back to that episode with Judy, I was quiet for the most. I didn't say I much. Because I was like, oh, you're Judy Human. I, there's nothing that I could say that you go ahead. But yeah, I think, you know, advocacy, and I love what you're doing. And I love also that you want to recognize your privilege and you want to. Oh, yeah. want to I use am, that to like fix the, the disability world. I am very privileged. I had two parents who love me. I had a really fantastic education. I have a really great home. I have lots of things that I desire that no one has. And I'm like, and I can walk, I can talk, which I 
they said I couldn't even do. So I'm like, you know, and you know, you know, I'm a Catholic, so I believe in God and Jesus. So I know, like, as a person in this world, is is everyone's mission to like reach out to the world and be like a light. And I feel like I'm doing God's work by doing um 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 like disability work for everyone. Yeah. And like right now, you're like shutting like the like lights on the disability topics as well. So you're doing God's work too. I think everyone's doing God's work. That's amazing. That's really awesome. I I I, I am not the most religious person. <laughs> it's but totally I, okay. It's totally okay. I, I appreciate that. I really do. Yeah, um, I I do not care if you're an atheist or agnostic. As long as you're not like in a crazy religion, I do not care what religion you are. Just yeah, as long as you don't hurt somebody. Yeah, don't hurt somebody. And then you're good. Um, exactly. I'm curious, though. I, mean, I didn't write this down, but I do have a question about religion and disability. Yeah, I, yeah. So much of when, you know, when we, when sometimes being disabled, people will come up to us who are very, very religious and oh. say stuff like, uh, do you, have you found Jesus in your life? And like, you know, because we're disabled, as somebody who does find Jesus in their life, how do you feel about stuff when that happens to people? Oh my God, I was actually stopped by a person. So I worked at Disney World and I was in the 18 for a few months with an internship. And actually my dorm was a Catholic church. So I have two stories. One day, after work, I, after work, I went to church to like sit in a prayer. I was in the bathroom. I put my wheelchair in. There was a sweet old lady. Oh, God bless this old lady. She's like, oh, my God, look at you. You're in the bathroom. I, I like still heard like, okay. I went to the bathroom. Oh, my God, you walk. I oh, no. I got up. Oh my goodness! Yay! Good for you. I looked at her like, uh, uh, thank you, ma'am. Hi. I was like, she was cheering on me for everything that I do. Oh, it no. was so weird. And then before like another day. This guy, I was walking, I was warding out. And this guy went, you there, look at you. I need to pray for you, pray for you. And I'm like, looking at him like, motherfucker, who the fuck are you? So, you know, I love prayers. Motherfucker, who the fuck are you? I'm like, I'm like, okay, I love prayers. I love prayers. Everyone needs prayers, so okay. So I'm like, Okay, like giving him the most cold face, like the most like like wisdom bitch face ever. Yeah, and I'm like, he's like, like hand over me, like oh no, <laughs> it's like like do you know Jesus? Please help our sister. What's your name? Oh no, he doesn't know you, Emily. Please give our sister Emily, raise me, be head from oh, your, no. from her sickness. Amen. Uh, and I'm like, okay, bye. 
And I'm like, look at him, like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> so, yeah, trust me. Fuck? We do not need prayers. I mean, I'm a Catholic. I appreciate the gesture. But of please, to God, we are fine. We are fine. Do not pray for us unless we are actually dying of cancer. Well, we, unless we or ask similar. Or if we said, if you said, like, Yes, I want you to pray with me because you know. Unless you, unless you, unless you're like my brother Tim and say the worship for him that made him better the next day as he was asked to God dying. That's wow. a true story. Wow. That really did happen. Please do not pray for me because, trust me, we are all okay. <laughs> you heard. You heard it from soon to be. Broadway actress Emily Cranking. Who's psychotic? Who loves God? Please, God, we need uh, only God will bless us, not you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, don't touch people without their consent, even if you're praying. Oh for my them. God! Don't yeah. Don't touch people without because I when I was in when I was about I want to say I must have been fifteen, sixteen. I'm Jewish. So my, we were in a mall, and some Jewish religious man walked up to me and said, he had all the, all the, all the trinkets of his trade, and he said, can I, can I pray for you in, in Hebrew? And I said, well, I mean, and so I, was, I wanted to be polite because he was an older man. I know, right. I want to be respectful of your being an elder. So I'll, sure, I'll let you. But I was also like, this is not what I... No, so it was just—it's very awkward. And I agree with you. Don't pray for us unless we ask you to, and don't touch us unless we tell you it's okay. Thanks. I know. Yeah. Um, I want, and so I'm excited about this last question because, yeah, as you know, I run a podcast company called Well, I well, you know now, I run a podcast company called Wheels on the Ground Productions, which is what this is created through. Um, and it's just me—it's me basically running my own podcast but you mentioned in your questionnaire that you want to start a podcast yeah um and i'd love to hear all about like what your plans are what kind of stuff you want to do with it honestly i am um for so for leave america you need a big project to house the community so i am doing for my um fellowship since it's about communications, I am doing a podcast that interviews the activists and and people with disabilities who are from DC. So I'm gonna begin that next year. I plan to, I do plan to have Judy Astley if she wants to be, and I'm planning on like interviewing my boss and a few other people named people in DC. And and we we be talking about um what it's like to be disabled in DC. How's your experience in your life like? What did that DC have it have won? What did they have right? How can we do better and such? Such an important like I think I think all that stuff is really important and the more the more the more media we have from created by disabled people about this stuff 
the more these this stuff will be out there in the world. So I'm really, really excited for that to come out. And to do you know what it's going to be called yet? Um, I think disability in Colombia. You know, like District of Columbia is going to be disability of Columbia. Oh, I so, like that. That is okay, a lot. Even my pitch to my boss next next week and last year i was really hoping to do a podcast about disabled theater makers and disabled theater stars of broadway because there's little podcasts but there's not one for disability but but you know i was so lazy last year with COVID, i didn't do it but i hope to do that someday because Disability is a voice that we need in yes. theater, and I'm yeah. um, actually along with my master's degree for disability studies. I'm planning on auditioning for yes masters in acting next year, and they are really proactive in disabled people in in the school in the, in the acting department. There was actually a this April club in the department where they can like make sure their bodies are being heard on stage and off stage. So I so I love yes already so proactive in that in that as well. So there's another way of advocacy and maybe even I can interview them for my podcast. I don't know. I think but, you totally could and you should. But yeah, I think this ability is finally getting started in theater at all this time. And I hope I do have a voice in the theater community and in podcasts. I even may do a spin-off podcast to interview people around the world who want to make a change for disabled people around the world. I don't know. The options are really endless. Yeah, they really, and they really are. And you know, as a podcast producer... If you need help and if these yeah. make these ideas a real thing, I would love to help produce a show for you and have you be the host and like you you would have control of it. But if, if ever you want to make that go, you know where I am. Exactly. Yeah. But I think I think I can I think I can find my own way. But 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 I would definitely if I do need a guest a guest host, I'll come to you. Please, oh, please, I would love it. It would be so, so, so awesome. And I really commend you for, you know, wanting to do all these things. And like, wow, I mean, you, you do so much. And it's it's really, as a disabled person that also does a lot, I know how hard it can be on our bodies to do all this stuff. Well, yeah. to do all this stuff. So I really, props to you. I just think you're amazing. And I could sit and talk to you for five more hours because you're great. <laughs> Well, you're incredible well, too. Thank you for your podcast. Thank you for your work. Like, you do a lot, like, for the queer community. You talk about sex, which is great because even though I'm, like, I'm, I'm waiting to marriage, you, like, sex is a disability issue as well. So yeah. thank you. So thank you for that. Oh, no. Well, thank you so much. Emily, I, again, like I said, I could sit and talk to you forever, but. How do the people, how can they get a hold of you? How can they support you? How can they follow you? Yeah. Um, social media, Twitter and Instagram, oh, Emily Cranken. 
Now, if you're casting director who wants to cast me, hit up my team. Um, get for the buddy I'm saying. Who's my agent and my this and my manager, Elizabeth Good. Thank you. And yeah. my and my email is very private. So if you want like to email me for like for like business reasons, reach out to me so I can give you my email because I do not want like weird people in my email. So that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right, Emily Cranking. This was the best podcast ever. I had the most <laughs> fun doing this with you. Thank you so much for coming on today. You're so awesome. And please, let's stay in touch. No, please do. Yeah, please do. Thank you so much, dude. You are great. Thank you. Anytime. It was so fun. Thank you so much for coming on Disability After Dark. And I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. All right, friends. That's another episode of Disability After Dark from me, your disabled daddy, Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow my work, you can follow me on social media on Instagram and Twitter at andrewgerza underscore or you can follow my website www.andrewgerza.com to find out more about what I do. And of course, you can follow us on Patreon to get the show one day early and completely ad-free by going to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark or you can send us an email to disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com and let us know your ideas for an episode, for a minisode, or for a guest spot. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back to shine a bright light on your disabled stories next time. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Drew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2020-2021